You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. So now is the part in our morning uh, where I'm going to be sharing God's word with you. Um, And it's really uh, a great opportunity to be here with you today. I was trying to think the last time uh, that I preached, and I think it was a while ago, um, as I'm often out with the kids or with the youth um, and doing various uh, other things in the church. Um, but I know that as a church, we've been following a series um, to do with the nature of God. Um, and we've also been doing that series with the youth, and we've been doing it, we just started it with the kids. So as a whole church, we're on this same journey together, discovering more about God and who he is. Um, and I know we've also been doing similar things in life group as well. So Learning and discovering and gaining more knowledge about God is a good thing. And I hope this morning that we're learning something new as well, even if it is what some emojis mean. It's always good to learn. Okay, so um, as Lorraine kind of alluded to um, to it this morning, uh, I'd like to share with you a session that we've covered as a youth group. Um, and we found it really interesting. Um, and so we wanted to share it with you, if that's okay. So the youth are slightly ahead of you here, if that's... It's all right, because they know what this is all about. Um, so this morning, it's all about promises. So first of all, um, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page when we're talking about promises. So I'm going to invite Eden up, um, and she is going to read out one of our promises for us. And she's going to keep this microphone for future use. Okay, thank you. Um, I looked up the dictionary what it meant, and it... A declaration that something will or will not be done or given by one. Awesome. Uh, there is a second. Have you got the second description? Um, an express assurance on which expectation is to be set. <coughs> Good or job. To be, to be based. Awesome. Okay. Fantastic. So from that definition, it's a declaration that something will or won't be done or an expressed assurance. Um, But from that definition, I think we can all understand what the term promise means. Uh, Just so I can double check that we all know what we're talking about this morning, can I have a show of hands who has ever made a promise to someone in their whole entire lifetime? Show of hands. That's pretty much all hands. Okay, hands down. And another show of hands, um, whoever has had a promise made to them in their whole entire lifetime. Yeah, pretty much everyone. Okay, so we're all on the same page. I think I'm even in a room of expert promise makers and keepers, hopefully. Um, now, we all make promises in life. And even when we're kids, I think if you were to go out and ask the 511 lot um, if they've ever made a promise, they'd go, yeah, they may have made a pinky promise. I mean, we have nice endearing terms for it. But we all make them. It's It's ingrained in our culture. And... We declare, we state that we will do something and we can do it with all our hearts or we hope and we wait with um, expectancy that something will be done. But if I were to ask a similar question, I wonder if most hands would go back up. Now, I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up for this one. But how many of us have ever experienced someone making a promise to us and that promise has been broken? Or how many of us, I wonder, have um, 
had someone make a promise to them and it's been broken or we've made that promise and it's been broken. We've broken that promise. You see, I think I fall into that category as well, the fact that there are promises that we make and we don't keep them. And too often in our society, I think, and I've come to believe that our I promise is used too lightly, that it's almost come to mean nothing. It's lost its weight or its value. Now, we had a discussion in youth, and we discussed various different areas um, where maybe I promise has been used or I declare I will do this. And one of the areas we looked at was in politics. Very interesting. Now, all of you know where I'm going with this one. Because various politicians have proclaimed and exclaimed and said, I promise this is going to happen during campaigns or during office. But they have failed to meet that promise. And I think most recently we looked at this whole Brexit campaign and how the Brexit campaigners were saying, yes, this will happen and we're going to do this. And, and now that Brexit have won, well, where's all those things you promised? There's been a little bit, especially on Facebook, if you read some of the articles on Facebook, uh, there's been some unhappy responses from those who followed them because the promises haven't been fulfilled. We also looked at uh, President Trump and his campaign. There was some unhappy discussions going on during that one. But the fact that during his whole campaign, he made many promises, but his followers didn't necessarily believe what he was saying. Yet, when he came into office, all of a sudden he's making all these plans to put his promises into place. And his followers are the opposite. They're shocked because they weren't expecting that a politician would keep their word. So this is what I mean when I'm saying that promises have lost a bit of their weight in today's society. Do we believe when someone says, I promise I'm going to do it? Or is there always a tiny little bit of doubt in the back of our minds because of the culture that we're surrounded by? The third area, um, before we move on, that requires a promise, and probably the biggest promise you could ever make to another human being is the promise of marriage. When we stand before uh, your partner and you declare, I, I will love you till death do us part. I will love and cherish you all my life. That's a big promise. And yet, doing a little bit of research, I found a statistic that in the UK, 42% of all marriages end in divorce. That's almost half. And that's a recent statistic. And yet, it's one of the biggest promises that we can make in our lives. It's a lifetime promise. And yet, 34% of the married, those marriages end before their 20th anniversary. And so what do I, where am I going with all of this? You see, I believe when we come to God, we come to Him with everything we are, how we're made, what we believe, our upbringing, our culture, and our society. It's all, it makes us who we are. So when we approach God, we're approaching Him with a worldview. And so the issue comes because God is the ultimate promise keeper. But if we've grown up in a society where promises are not kept, how do we see God? How do we trust Him? How do we believe what He says? If his yes is yes, yeah, but I, someone said yes to me the other week and they didn't mean it. And I've been let down by family who've always told me, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. 
and you claim to be my father, but my father was not a good father. It can cause so many issues because of the society and culture that we're surrounded by. So, how can we trust God? A God that claims the opposite of what the world states. But he isn't in front of us. We can't see him. And I want to look into this further. And by doing that, I want to go into the Bible now and look at a specific character um, that had a promise made to him by Jesus himself. So God was in front of him when that promise was made. And the character is Peter. And so I want to call Dave up. Um, Tom has the mic. And he's going to read a passage from Matthew 16, uh, verses 13 to 19. It's a very famous passage. And then we're going to look a little bit further into it. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Thank you, Dave. What an amazing promise that Jesus makes to Peter here in this passage. And while studying it a little bit further, um, there is a particular word, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but in your Bibles at the bottom of the page are tiny little notes. And sometimes they've got helpful things to say. So at the bottom of my Bible, I noted that um, the Greek word for Peter is rock. And so I thought, what would happen if I inserted that word into verse 18? And it reads, And I tell you, you are rock, and on this rock I will build my church. So Jesus, with the authority of the Father, is making two promises to Peter. That he will build his church. And that Peter will be a foundational father of the church. He will be one of the rocks in this church. What an amazing promise. And I don't know if Peter fully grasped what Jesus was saying to him on that day. Because, you see, church didn't exist. Church was an alien concept. It, it didn't exist. So how could Peter fully understand this promise that Jesus is giving to him? But, as Eden read that, that definition at the beginning, there was definitely an expressed assurance on which, on which expectation was to be placed. And Peter was to expect something big. Now, we read later on in the story of Peter and his journey through his faith. Um, and we read a passage in Matthew, a bit later on than the one we've just read. Uh, we find it in Matthew 26 verses 31 to 35, and Ben is going to come and read that for us. 
Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, This very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Thank you, Ben. It's such a a passionate promise. I can just imagine Peter in that moment just declaring, I will never disown you. He's so passionate about Jesus and believes in in everything that he stands for. And and I I read it and I see a a genuineness. Peter really means it with all his heart that he, he doesn't want to disown Jesus. He doesn't want to deny him. But Jesus knows what's going to happen. And I think it's a, a familiar story for most of us. But I want to believe Peter when I read this passage. I want to believe that he can keep his word. But in life, we can make promises and we can really want to keep them. But there's something in us that, that can't help sometimes by letting people down or breaking that promise. Like Peter, we're human. And Jesus knows what's going to happen. You see, Jesus knows Peter, and Jesus knows us. In Psalm 139, it's one of my favorite psalms, it talks about how God knows when I sit and when I rise. God perceives my thoughts from afar. He is familiar with all my ways. And we can't not look at the idea of promises and ignore the fact that God knows who he's making the promises to. And from the beginning of time, we flick back through the Bible, we see time and time again God making promises to his people. He knew Adam and Eve. He, he knew them when they agreed that they would not eat from the tree of, of, of knowledge of good and evil, but they did. And he knew the, when the Israelites, when they promised to serve him and only him, and then built a golden calf instead to worship. He knew when they promised to tell their children and their children's children about him, and then generations later, they're walking in darkness. See, God knew them, and he knows us. And he knows that we might have the best of intentions, just like Peter did. But we can break our word. And yet, time and time again, we look in Scripture and we see that he proves that he keeps his word, that he keeps his promise. You see, God is immutable. It means that he never changes. He cannot change. It's the essence of who he is. It's his qualities, his purpose. He cannot change it. Throughout history, he cannot change it. In fact, he declares himself in Malachi 3, verse 6. It says, I, the Lord, do not change. And if we believe that all scripture is the inspired word of God, that it's it's all truth, then we believe that God, the Lord God, does not change. For us, this means that, that if he has proved himself in the past, for all these examples that that this book gives. It means that he's the same God today. It doesn't mean that 
that, oh, he, he changes his mind more easily today because in the 21st century, you know, we're made in his image and we change our minds, so he changes his mind. And, and you know, he, he's, he's more distant today. He's not really with us. Jesus came a really long time ago. No, it doesn't mean that. That's not what we're declaring today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. These are promises in Scripture. Going back to Peter's story, we see after the resurrection of Jesus, and Peter meets Jesus again, we see that immutable nature of God in action. So we're going to turn to John 21. Verses 15 to 17, Tom is going to come and read that for us. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Thank you, Tom. We see in this passage that Jesus is reaffirming Peter. You see, Peter ended up denying Jesus three times, just as Jesus had prophesied. But here, Jesus reaffirms that he still wants Peter to build his church. He still wants him to feed his sheep, to feed his followers spiritually, to grow them up. And three times Peter denied Christ, and three times Jesus reaffirms him and restates that he wants him to continue on, to keep going. The promise that Jesus originally made still stands. And for me, that's an encouragement, because whatever we do in life, it doesn't matter if God has stated, if he's made a promise, if he's made a declaration, that never changes. We might change. We might walk far from that. But God never does. And he calls us back to him. His word never changes. And you know what? Peter does go on to become one of the founding fathers of the church, one of the foundational rocks in the early church. You see, the promise is fulfilled because the one who made it can't help but keep his word. At the end of one of his letters, Peter leaves an encouragement for us. He's been through this experience. He's walked a bit of a life. He's been on this journey, and he wants to encourage the church. And so we read in 2 Peter 3, verses 8 to 9, and Jelena's going to read that for us. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, 
not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Thank you. See, Peter had understood a key aspect about God, about his nature. His timing is his own. Now, I think some of you may have heard this before, God has his own time, but I do want to remind us this morning, with God, as that passage first states, a thousand years is a day. We can't comprehend that. His timing is his own. And it's more than we can probably get our heads around sometimes. We can't predict when something might come to pass, but just because it hasn't doesn't mean it won't. I think Charlotte spoke a bit about this last week when she shared with us. You know, if we can learn anything from Scripture, I am sure of that. I don't know what promises or words God has spoken over your lives in the past, today, or what he will say over you. But what, that's between you and God. But what I I am sure of is his nature, his unchanging character, his faithfulness, his justice, his power, and his goodness. And sometimes we just have to place our trust and our foundation in who God is. We might, like Peter, not be able to fully grasp what uh, this promise of God is all about. But what we can grasp is who he is and who he has declared himself to be. His nature. And I know we've done other sessions on on who God is. He's he's our Father God. Uh, He's the God of love. That is who he is. And so I encourage you this morning, church, maybe you can't grasp something of God, but what you can understand is who he is and to hold on to who he is and what he declares. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.